Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to The Wind Down. Once again, it's Nick Bojard and Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Um, where are we? What are we drinking? Well, we're back in Crow's Nest today, uh, which is a, a, a bit of a change, I suppose, in some respects. Um, and today, look, we're, we're drinking something special. Uh, not, well, it is actually a special wine, but it's also very special because it was a gift from a client for a uh, for a project we did really well on. Ah, look at us doing well on a project. So, <laughs> so talk us through the wine. I hope we should do well on projects more often. <laughs> we should do. <laughs> This, this is actually a bottle of uh, St. Hugo's Kudawara Cab Serve. It's a 2016. It's a, it's a beautiful drop, actually. Um, so St. Hugo's down in the um, in the Barossa area. Um, they did a, a refurbishment in the winery um, a few years ago now. They've got, they got a lovely boardroom. It's all surrounded by wine built into the walls and these little air-conditioned sockets. And Yes, anyway. Well, well, very nice. That's absolutely super. Um, so today, let's talk about some technology. Um, let me think. How about firewalls? Firewalls, why not? Not. There's something that's been a, a boom and a bit of a drop and a bit of a I need one and a don't and a yeah. Yes, we might have even prepared this one a little bit. So, um, <laughs> Scott, um, the world's moved on from when I first heard about firewalls, which is, God, back in the 90s. Um, so in that 30 years, why do I need a firewall anymore? Well, it's actually a very interesting question, you know. So, in fact, I, I think a lot of the standard firewall functions you're seeing today are now reverting back to what they were in the early 2000s. Wow. And why why is that? Yeah, so it's a bit bit of a concept to get your head around, I suppose. So if you think about when the firewalls sort of first came out, and we think about the old uh, Cisco PICs, uh, the little uh, private internet exchange, or pretty sure that's what they called it, something like that, (laughs) and um, the PICs firewall, and basically it said, I'm going to take all your internal traffic, and when you go out to the internet, I'm going to provide a NAT function. I'm going to take your internal address and make sure it looks like the public address uh, and protect the internal network from external traffic. Okay, cool. But, but really just at a network level. No smarts, no, not a lot of content inspection, really just trying to make sure that all the machines on the inside network can get out to the internet if they needed to. So just protecting your network from those at kind very, of things. At very basic levels, probably a very advanced level back then, but it, it's what we would see as a very basic level these days. Okay, so so there's obviously different needs whether I'm at home or whether I'm at work or whether I'm in an enterprise. Different yes. requirements, different amounts of data, different smarts. Would yes. you say everybody needed a firewall? You do, but the type of firewall you need can change depending on your situation. Okay, so, so let's take my home environment. You can explain this to me. So what have I got? I've got NBN fibre to the premise. Yes. Finally. Finally. Paid for it. Now it's free. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> so I've got the fibre to the premise. I then go into a router box provided by my ISP. Yes. Um, I then go, and that NATS, right? So I know that NATS. So, so that, that, that's actually a very basic firewall. Cool. And in fact, it's a more potent firewall than you had in the old days. Yeah, there you go. And then that goes to my mesh Wi-Fi system. Yes. And my mesh Wi-Fi system has another firewall, another NAT. It does content inspection, antivirus, intrusion prevention, yes. all sorts of, it keeps itself up to date. It's got a subscription. So that's a more grown-up firewall. But but I go, wait, hold on a minute. I don't have any servers at home. That's right. So, so why do I care about firewalls at home? Okay, so the original 
proposal for a firewall still holds true. That is that you've got more than one machine at home mm -hmm. and you want to share an internet connection. So when you go out to the internet, you've got to use what's called your public IP address yep. or the address assigned to you by your service provider. Yep. Which means your firewall is actually doing a thing called NAT or network address translation and it's making all your internal devices look like they were that public IP address that you've got. Okay. So so I, I get I, I, I get that kind of thing. But even still, right, we're in the world of cloud. We are. I've just got workstations, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but workstations have got firewalls in them anyway. They have individual firewalls, yes. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. Let's say you've got a, a home or a business or mm -hmm. whatever, and prior to this year, at least, um, everybody would come into the office, they would sit down, they would work in the office, and all the internet connectivity would generally go out through the one firewall, or there might be a firewall at each branch or office that you have. Um, that firewall is protecting everything at that site from the public internet, uh, and in some cases from other things that might even be on your internal network. Okay, so 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 I, I kind of get that, and I, I know how that's put together. But but I, I'm I'm still going. Why do we need to I, printers? I haven't thought about printers. You do need to print. Sometimes. Well, not not only do I need to print, they're little computers, right? They are. They don't have individual firewalls. They actually do in some cases. Okay, well, my, my dodgy printer doesn't. I can guarantee it. What about your dodgy printer? It only prints half the time. <laughs> but I think that actually makes it one of the better printers because I'm pretty sure printers only do print half the time. <laughs> you could you could be right, Scott. You could be right. So so okay. So so we've. We need this firewall to protect at least us in the home. Yes. What about a business, right? What's, okay. what's the risks we're trying to protect against? Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's just go back a step. Okay. Aside from getting onto the internet where you're taking uh, all the internal machines and you're actually making them look like your public internet address when you go out, that gives you basic connectivity. And that's the start of it. So you're pretty secure because, in theory, nothing can get in because it wouldn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. uh, however... You then get to the situation where what is the traffic that I'm actually passing yep. over the internet? So I'm connecting up to a web server, I'm connecting into my my SaaS application, I'm connecting in or downloading a file or something like that. When you start looking at inside that traffic, we now start to do things like content inspection. We're making sure we're not downloading viruses by scanning the files as you're downloading them. We're making sure that, oh, look, there's a virus, and I'm going to block that. So rather than just the antivirus tool that could be on your computer, hopefully there's one on the computer. Um, but if you're running Windows 10, you've got one by default. Exactly. You've got Defender built in, which is good. Uh, but yeah, not everyone in the past had been running Windows 10. No, no. And, yep. Yeah, but, uh, so you're scanning the content that you're downloading as a start for, let's say it's a virus. Okay, I'm going to stop viruses. And this is a pretty basic sort of situation. Is it malware? Oh, okay. What else could the firewall do to protect me? It can do DNS filtering, which says, oh, I'm trying to go, someone sent me this email that says, oh, um, I've just won a million dollars if I click on this link. Oh, great. So I'm going to go and click on that link, and the firewall will go and check that web address and say, hang on, I know that's bad. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, so you, your device can actually stop you before you get yes. anywhere else. Now, I notice there's, there's routers coming out now that have VPNs built in. Yes. So I can go out on um, Tor, or I could go out um, on you know one of the commercial VPNs that allow me to pop up in America or in England, and and I can do that in hardware now. Where it used to be it a software solution, used to be a software bolt-on. Yes, in fact, I've seen some of those um, uh, Tor functions, and um, also the VPN functions, even like things like Nord appearing on TV. 
Ah, well, there's obviously yes. a market to it if you start to get TV ads. Uh, there's always, funnily enough, it, it always interests me that in Australia, um, Microsoft do almost no TV advertising, but the minute you get on a plane or go to the US, they're everywhere. Yes. I, don't, I don't understand that. Well, maybe less so, they've changed the store approach to the. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, so, yeah. so net net, firewalls yes. do a good job. Yes. It's worthwhile having one. Absolutely. And everybody does have one. They may not know it. That little um, uh, box that you get from your ISP that you plug your internet into and you plug your internal network into, chances are that's got a firewall built in. Okay. It's not a very basic firewall, but it's a firewall nonetheless. And and Windows has got one too. So we know there's these levels of security just being built by vendors without us even thinking about it, which is kind of cool. Now, have a think about what happens when something like COVID comes along and sends everyone at home to work. Or everyone at work home. Well, there that too. <laughs> so, so that's fascinating because it used to be, and certainly the way, and I think it's harder for legacy IT shops and yes. up-to-date ones. If you're a legacy IT shop, you protect in what's inside, right? You yes. have this hard outer shell, but now you send all your users home. There is no hard outer shell anymore. It's everyone's just connecting to the network. So that's right. The devices in your office are now really secure because you spent years and years and years upgrading and configuring and protecting the firewall and protecting the network using the firewall, knowing that whatever happens in the network, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty safe with. Only to find that now everyone's working at home. In some cases, they're VPNing back into your office, connecting their home network into the corporate network. Oh, wow. And and opening that up to uh, potential exploits, right? And all of a sudden, let's say you've got 100 people in the organization and you've got 100 people connecting at once back into your firewall to connect to resources perhaps that are at your location. You're now as safe as the weakest home user network. Awesome. Awesome. Isn't isn't that nice to know? (laughs) All right. So firewalls are important. You want to do it right. Let me guess. The more you spend, the more secure... Or the more you spend, the more data you can put through it. Uh, I'm going to say wrong on both fronts. Okay. But if you're a vendor, that's a lovely position to come from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a better, uh, a better firewall because mine costs more. Yes. No, okay. So All right. Even the most expensive cars still go forward and backwards. Okay. But there's now now the commercial vendors, guys like WatchGuard and others, are doing firewalls for home, right? For home users, which kind of... Yes. So, look, it, it's, it's sort of started to blend. Uh, and what we're seeing is the firewall functionality uh, is there for the network to protect the whole network as a whole. So things like you've got copiers, you've got people who bring in individual laptops, whatever it's going to be. There's a firewall at a site protecting that, and that's good. Um, But now we're starting to do things like, well, the laptop travels. It may be in the office, it may be at home, it may be out on the road via 4G or something like that. So, yeah, so we actually have more detailed and more uh, more enhanced software firewalls um, to the point where they're probably not even called firewalls anymore. We're getting into these categories called um, uh, EDR which is when you're getting into endpoint detection and response. There's TDR, threat detection and response. There's there's a whole variety of terms that sort of fall into this. It's almost as bad as SAS, really, isn't it? The yes. AS things. That's right. Well, it, you can get EDR, AAS. So. <laughs> At least there's no acronyms in this industry. But yeah, No, exactly. <laughs> cool. So firewalls, important to get. They do lots of things worthwhile looking at. Now, before yeah. we totally bore everyone with firewalls i want to try a new segment in our podcast excellent what's the new segment let's talk about some news 
news news and there's been some there's been some news this week and we're not going to harp on this one okay um but certainly we've learned about single points of failure single points of failure that's that's a good uh a a good way to put it yes so um this week we did see uh a global um microsoft 365 outage yes and and it's, it's quite fascinating that um, a bunch of customers found their IT service providers, and I was I'm a member of this um, IT business owners group on Facebook, which is a bunch of guys who run IT service providers globally, and they're all moaning that their customers are coming back to them and going, what did you break? When it's actually not them, it's, it's Microsoft. And it's interesting to see, had that been you know, 10 years ago, it, it wouldn't have had the same effect. It would have had a different one. But now we're all so reliant on things like Office 365 or, or G Suite that, that a big outage like yes. this, and remember, it wasn't a total outage. People who are logged in could still continue to work. Yes. Microsoft resolved it pretty quickly. It, 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 it could have been a lot worse, but nobody lost any data, you know, those kind of things. But, but when, when we have an outage, and, and certainly it's technology, and technology fails and goes wrong, and certainly no one's blaming anybody here, the understanding is though how reliant we've become on things like Azure Active Directory to actually run not our business but our clients' businesses and, and really the whole world now. It's quite fascinating. No, I've, I've actually noticed an, an interesting uh, psychological situation. Uh, it used to be like, let's say, and we've, we've used to run networks before, we've had data centers full of equipment and something would fail and it would cause a major problem and you'd have clients ringing up saying, I can't do this, what's happened? And you'd explain, oh look, something's gone wrong in the data center we've got to go and fix it okay okay Uh, yeah be quick hang on i'm I'm going to keep doing my stuff whatever yep then you get something like there's a microsoft outage and they'd rig up and you'd say oh what's what's up i can't do this i can't do that ah this there's a known outage at the moment affecting this this part of the microsoft network and they'd be oh fair enough then i guess we've just got to wait wow that's a whole different experience isn't it well hang on (laughs) (laughs) i I get it There's, there's not a lot we can do but Hmm. It's a a, a different mindset. It is. But it's interesting how, you know, the world has really changed. This is such a surprise to everybody because we haven't seen a major outage in Office 365 since it was Office 365. This is like the first big one in, what, seven, eight years? Uh, It would be. Uh, And I think think as we'll find, we haven't really seen the root cause of this outage yet. We'll talk about that next week when that comes out, shall we? So I think we should reserve any judgments until we hear what actually went wrong. But you're right that um, a, a change was made, that much is evident, and it affected everyone. Yep. And I, I think there is a question around, well, if you're going to test the change first, maybe just do it to one country and see what happens. Or yeah, and then sometimes with a global system, that's really hard to do. So let's well, let's, let's wait true. and see, and let's we'll, we'll cut them some slack because it is back up, and they did, I think, communicate fairly well. But, but you're right, it doesn't happen every day. Yeah. So in the realms of big US IT companies, HP have decided to um, triple their spend on partners. Do that's we, interesting. Do we really know what that means? I I don't know yet, but uh, look, end of. October is the end of the HP financial year. Yep. So yeah, one November is the. Whoop, we're off again. Okay. So starting, starting from zero and you know, tri- there's our target. And a- HP tripling down on partners, which they I haven't seen them do for a while, so mm. that could be quite fascinating. Certainly, you know, back in the day, the two key partnerships to have, at least in you know SMB IT, were Microsoft Solution Provider yeah. um, and Compaq. Those were the two partnerships to hold. So it'd be interesting to see if HP can. Yeah, regain the hearts and minds of the managed service provider community. Yeah, you know, there's there's a couple of things there. I think in the, in the, the Compaq 
concept in the old days was people needed hardware, they needed computers to run, they needed servers to run their applications and so forth. The, the service spend globally has gone, well, at a, at a business level it's shrunk quite a lot, mainly because people are moving to cloud. Mm. At a data centre level there's about 10, give or take, key players globally that buy the majority of the service now. So uh, they'd be AWS, Microsoft, Oracle, exactly. um, Alibaba, you know, yeah. the, the big cloud providers, yeah. Salesforce.com, yeah. you know, those guys. And, and they're not necessarily brand name servers they're buying. No. That's no, well, I know Facebook are building their own hardware, so. Well, you would. I mean, in one respect, you'd sort of say, look, is that really the best use of resources or am I doing it just because I can? But <laughs> in another nice. respect, when you get to that level of scale, there could be material savings, not just because they can build a their own version of that server, but they could build something very different because they've got the code that runs on it. They may use a different processor, they may use an entire different bus architecture, knowing that they can change their code to take advantage of that wow. and deliver a server for half the price or a third of the price or whatever. Yep, no, I see it. And the last piece of news I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw on you for opinion yes. is stats are out today that the IT jobs market in Australia has remained static over COVID. And I would say static over COVID is actually a sign of almost a booming bit of the, <laughs> the marketplace, if you will. And we've seen a lot of customers reduce their spending, start doing less things. But as an industry, we certainly haven't slowed down. No, and I think when, when COVID first started to really pick up some effect on, hey, there's going to be an impact here, uh, the, uh, it did stop things like new sales activity because people weren't going out and meeting salespeople, having meetings and various things in coffee shops because they're all closed. Yep. Yes, and it's a little harder to establish new relationships over a video call if you haven't met someone before. So you really sort of, the opportunities there are the ones that are really, we have to make this happen, we don't know anyone, go find someone. Yep. Um, but at the same point, there's a lot of changes that happened in client networks. No one's going around and saying, well, now's the time I think I should think about changing my IT provider because nothing else is happening. No. Yeah, no, 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 you wouldn't be making massive changes right now. No, so there were a lot of um, uh, IT-related engagements to you know, make people work from home effectively to as quickly as possible change the way businesses worked knowing that hey you know, oh, I was thinking about changing my IT provider but look at least they know my business and they can make these changes happen really quickly so let's just use them for the next six months while we get through this and then work out what happens cool so hmm no, make makes sense cool um, I think that, that does a wind down for the week what do you reckon Scott? It sounds great. Awesome. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, if you do want to leave a comment or you wish to subscribe to the podcast, it's down here. So click on the bit.ly link down there. And um, it's not down there. It will be down there when I edit oh. this. Um, click on the bit.ly link down there. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment. So all that's left for me to say, Manasik Boshad, thank you for attending the wind down. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Toodaloo.